Good morning. So, how does the First Amendment apply to something like an elected official's Facebook page? Can they censor or block you there? Well, after two conflicting rulings in two weeks on two different cases by two different judges in the same federal circuit and brought by the same man from Loudoun, things are clear as mud. <laughs> For Wednesday, August 2nd, it's your Loudoun Now Morning Minute. Today's Morning Minute is sponsored by Get Out Loudon. It's a new service from the Loudon Now team to help get you out of the house and to explore the county's many ways to get out. Go to getoutloudon.com for our complete calendar of concerts and events. And if you've got an event, make sure you get your dates on our list. We want to help get more people through your door and make your event a success. To stay up to date on the latest entertainment, you can also follow Get Out Loudon on Facebook or on Twitter and sign up for the weekly e-newsletter with the best stuff each weekend. It's all at getoutloudon.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Ren Screen. Loudon once again finds itself at the ragged, uncertain edge of the law. Two judges in the Federal District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia have weighed in on cases about Facebook, elected officials, and the First Amendment. Both cases were brought by Brian Davison of Lansdowne, and in both cases he was suing elected officials who blocked him on Facebook. He said they violated his right to freedom of expression under the First Amendment. Last week, Judge James Kacharis handed down a mixed win for Mr. Davison, who claimed Loudoun Chair Phyllis Randall violated his First Amendment protections by deleting a comment of his on her official Facebook page and blocking him for a span of a few hours. The judge decided not to order any injunctive relief and dismissed a charge of violating the 14th Amendment, which covers due process, pretty much out of hand. But crucially, Judge Kacharis did rule that Chair Randall's official Facebook page is a public forum and that Mr. Davison therefore enjoys First Amendment protections on that page. Judge Kacharis ruled Chair Randall had violated Mr. Davison's right to freedom of expression under the First Amendment by deleting one of his comments and temporarily blocking him. Neither Chair Randall nor Mr. Davison remember exactly what that comment said, but it pertained to accusations of corruption by school board members and their families. In his opinion, Judge Kacharis said the case raised, quote, a novel question. Then on Monday, only days after Judge Kacharis's decision, Judge Anthony Tranga from the same federal circuit struck down all eight counts in a lawsuit against eight current and former school board members and two school system employees. In those cases, school board members had blocked Davison from their Facebook pages for months. Not only do Judges Kacharis and Tranga sit on the same bench, and not only did they rule on similar cases, but in making their decisions, they cited the same precedent, a case from 1985 called Cornelius v. NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Judge Kacharis found that because Chair Randall used her official Facebook page as a channel of communication with the public, it was a public forum. Judge Tranga found, quote, it is not clear as a legal matter, end quote, that school board members' Facebook pages can be said to constitute a public forum. Because it was unclear, the school board members and employees were protected by qualified immunity under a different court precedent. Now the county is considering appealing the decision against Chair Randall. In a statement, Chair Randall wrote, quote, the facts are that school board members blocked the plaintiff from commenting on their Facebook pages for many months 
and the case was dismissed by the court, while I blocked the plaintiff overnight for approximately eight hours because he made inappropriate comments, not about the elected official, but about the members of their families, and another court finds a First Amendment infraction. She said that doesn't make sense to her. In the same release, County Attorney Leo Rogers said the status of social media is a novel question in the law. Rogers said an appellate court will need to clarify how and when social media constitute public forums. Mr. Davison is a frequent commenter on social media and our website as Virginia SGP and at public meetings of the school board and board of supervisors. He has frequently accused school board members and other elected officials and their families of corruption, among other things. From October 2015 to June 2016, he was banned from school grounds, including from picking up his children from Selden's Landing Elementary School without advance notice. This is far from his first court battle with elected and government officials. In April 2016, a Richmond Circuit Court judge sided with Davison in deciding the Virginia Department of Education must release Loudoun County Public Schools student growth percentile scores by school and by teacher and ordered the Department of Education to pay Mr. Davison $35,000 to cover attorney's fees and other costs. In April of this year, Judge Kacharis tossed out a similar case to these Facebook cases against Commonwealth's attorney Jim Plowman, ruling that Davison's comments on Mr. Plowman's Facebook page were off-topic and Plowman could legally delete them. Mr. Davison also has many other pending and previous cases against various public officials. He hasn't yet replied to a phone message requesting comment, but go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story, including a comment on this very article by Mr. Davison. It's all at loudonnow.com slash morning minute. In other news, a 19-year-old Ashburn man has been charged after allegedly soliciting sex from a juvenile he met while volunteering at the Grove Baptist Church summer camp in Sterling. The incident only came to light last month after other allegations were made against the man in question, Richard Hearns. Mr. Hearns continued to volunteer there this year. He was charged Friday with proposing a sexual act to a victim under the age of 15 through a cell phone. Sheriff's Office detectives believe there may be more victims. The Sheriff's Office worked with Loudoun County Child Protective Services and personnel from the Oak Grove Baptist Church during the investigation. People from Leesburg, well, hold on. Are they called Leesburgers? Has this ever been settled? Well, Leesburgers got one last chance for a say about the future of the Leesburg Town Hall campus Monday night. The town's working on a master plan for the town hall property, an idea that started with the Board of Architectural Review. Last year, the BAR was considering a splash pad at Mervyn Jackson Park next to the town hall parking garage. They voiced concern about how a splash pad would fit into historic downtown and urged the town council to develop a plan for the entire property rather than taking projects on piecemeal. So far, putting together a master plan has involved input from boards, commissions, an online survey, and groups like the Historic Downtown Leesburg Association and the Loudoun Museum. A few of the ideas that got the most traction Monday, an amphitheater at the Rose Garden property next to Town Hall and wide steps next to the Loudoun Museum's log cabin for seating for concerts in the Rose Garden. The people also generally liked the idea of more murals, particularly on the parking garage, to brighten things up. They also wanted to work on that alleyway by the garage. And it looks like the season is over for the Percival Cannons. The Cannons have stayed on top of the North Division and Valley League Baseball pretty much all season, but the Winchester Royals beat them 9-4 last night to clinch a three-game series. 
the Royals will now advance into the division finals against the Strasbourg Express. Get the full story on all these stories over at loudonnow.com. We'll also have some photos today from National Night Out, an annual campaign promoting relationships between police and the communities they serve, held the first day of August. It's all at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, the George C. Marshall House in Leesburg is hosting the Foreign Policy Book Club at noon. The club will discuss The Guns of August, The Outbreak of World War I by Barbara Tuckman, available at the Rust Library Information Desk. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. Okay, have a great day. <music> <laughs>